Probably most of us, maybe all of us, have had times in life when you when you need and you want God to tell you what to do in a particular situation. Uh, you've prayed and you've read Scripture and you've waited and you've tried to figure out, should I do this or not do that? And there's all kinds of questions that we deal with that we're trying to figure out, what should I do? Or better yet, what does God want us to do in this situation? Should your children be homeschooled or go to public school? Is this the guy you're supposed to marry? I mean, uh, the Bible says that you ought to marry a Christian, but it doesn't give his first and last name. And say, is this the guy I'm supposed to marry? Uh, is God calling me to vocational ministry? Uh, should you buy a new car or should you fix up the old car? Uh, should you go through treatment or should you just take your chances? Uh, what major should you should you have in college? What should you major in? And, and, and what college should you go to? There's all kinds of questions that continually come up in our lives where we want and we need God's direction. Many of you are facing decisions right now like those where you need to hear God's voice on this. You're ready to follow God, but first you need to know which direction He wants you to go in. Which leads to a whole new set of questions if you really are thinking through this, if you're really trying to do this and understand the whole concept of, of God's leading it, it, it also brings up a whole new set of questions. Like, if God wants us to know His will, then why is His voice so difficult to hear? Have you ever felt that? It's like, well, God, if you really want me to do the right thing here and I'm praying, why is it so difficult to hear from you on this issue? Or, how do I distinguish between God's voice and my own desires? How do I know that I'm not just kind of talking myself into this one and it's really God telling me I need to do this? Or even worse, how do I know it's God speaking and not Satan? Maybe Satan is just trying to lead me astray and, and I'm thinking it's God, but it really is Satan. And how about this? What happens when I don't hear anything, but I still have to make a decision? Where I've prayed and I've waited and I've read Scripture and I've talked to people and I've got advice and I've got this deadline, I've got to make a decision, but I still haven't really heard anything. What do I do then? And then to top it all off, Acts murderers defend their homicide by saying, God told me to do it. And so you're a little reluctant to put yourself out there and say, well, God told me. Or maybe you haven't met an axe murderer, but you probably have met the guy at work who left his wife. He claims to be a Christian, and he left his wife, and he said, well, I prayed about it, and God told me to do it. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way God works. But all kinds of people claim that they've heard the voice of God. It's easy to get confused about this. It's easy to wonder, what do I do in this situation? So over the next five weeks, we're going to attempt to address and answer some of these questions. And I want to tell you, a few months ago, I, I was struggling personally with trying to hear God's voice on a particular issue. And I'll tell you more about that later in the series. I'll tell you that story later in the series. But one of the things that came out of that experience was that I began to read through the Bible and look at the many times where God spoke in Scripture. It became evident that as I read the Bible, it kind of confirmed what I already knew. As I read the Bible, I realized God is not silent and God does speak. And God speaks to our lives and He directs our lives. He is active and alive and He speaks to us and sometimes in ways that are undeniable. But that doesn't mean it's always easy to hear God's voice. Sometimes we have to learn to listen. 
There's a story in the Old Testament book of Samuel that illustrates this very point. But what I want you to do today is just go ahead and find 1 Samuel chapter 3. And then I want you to literally take your Bible and lay it to the side. We're not going to read it right away. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want to tell you a story. And then later, I'm going to read it to you. So, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Once you find that, just take your Bible like I'm doing. Lay it aside. And we'll come back to it. Now, let me tell you the story we're going to be reading in a few minutes. Samuel was what we would call today a miracle baby. His mother, Hannah, was not able to have kids. And this was something that that was a burden for her, that weighed on her. And one day, she went to the tabernacle in, in Shiloh. And it was sometimes called the temple, but it was the tabernacle at Shiloh. And she went there to, to worship, and she went there to pray. And the Bible says that she was quote, in bitterness of soul, and she wept much as she prayed to the Lord. Some of you, dear sweet ladies, know what that's like. You know what it's like to desperately want to have a child and not be able to. You know what it's like to have that bitterness of the soul and to weep much and to pray, asking God to do something. That was Hannah. And Hannah did what we often do. Hannah made a deal with God. And her deal with God was quite a big one. She said to God one day, as she was at the tabernacle praying, she said, God, if you will only give me a son, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. Now, I don't know if you've ever made a deal with God, but it usually follows that pattern. If you will, then I will. God, if you will, fill in the blank, then I will fill in the blank. That's what Hannah did. Lord, if you will, give me a son. I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Well, God heard and answered her prayer, and Hannah got pregnant. Once the baby was born, you know what she named him? She named him Samuel. But do you know why she named him Samuel? Because the name Samuel means, because I asked the Lord for him. That's what the name means. So whenever she held him, and she looked at him and said, Samuel. It's a beautiful reminder, because I asked the Lord for him. You can imagine the joy that was hers as she held that baby in her arms, the baby she so desperately wanted. After about three years, the time had come. The time to take Samuel to the tabernacle. I've thought about that, and I don't know how she did it. Her only child, the one she had prayed for, the one she had held and nursed. After about three years, it was time now to do what she told the Lord she would do. And somehow, she picked up her little boy and carried him to Shiloh. You imagine the lump that must have been in her throat, the tears that must be going down her cheek as she got closer and closer to the tabernacle. And then all of a sudden, Eli steps out and she sees him. And this is what she said to him. And I quote, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child. In my mind, she's probably holding him. I prayed for this child. And the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now, now, 
I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And the Bible says that she turned and she left and she went home. I don't know how she did it. How do you turn away from that son and walk away? How do you leave, put in current day vernacular, how do you leave your boy at church and walk away? Now, please, don't do that today. (laughs) But how do you do that? How do you take your son three years old and say goodbye to him and let him live at the tabernacle with Eli the priest? Well, back home, you know what she did? You know how she passed the time? One of the things that she did to pass the time was that she would take her needles and I don't know if they called it crocheting or whatever they did back back then, but she'd make a robe for her son. I imagine she probably prayed for him as she was making the robe. Probably thought a lot about him as she was making the robe. And each year at the time of the annual sacrifice... She'd get to go back to Shiloh. She'd get to go back to worship the Lord. But she also got to go back to see her son. Imagine she gets to see him once a year. And she gets to see him once a year. And when she does see him, oh, son, how much you've grown. How big you've gotten. Oh, I can't believe how much you've grown. And she hugs him and and she gives him the robe that she made that year. And she comes back the next year and she gives him another robe. And another year and another robe. And... That went on for several, several years. One night, when Samuel was about 12, he was lying in his bed when something happened in the tabernacle that had never happened before. Samuel heard a voice. And it was a voice that was calling his name. Now, when he heard it, he assumed it was Eli, the priest. And so he ran to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called me. And Eli was sleepy and groggy and he said, I I didn't call you, go back to bed. So Samuel went and he laid down again. And the same thing happened a second time. He heard the voice call his name and he got up and he said, Here I am. Ran to Eli. Here I am. You called me. And I don't know if Eli was kind of like me and got a little more irritated this time because of sleep being interrupted. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And he went back to bed and he lays down. And third time it happens again. Samuel. And he gets up and he runs to Eli. Here I am. You called me. This time Eli finally realized it was the voice of God. So he told Samuel, Samuel, go lie down. And if he speaks again, here's what you say. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I don't know about you, but if I was Samuel and I was going back and I laid down in my bed, I would start looking around. And I'd feel a little bit uncomfortable this time because he's, Eli has told you this may not be what you think it is. It may be something a lot bigger than you realize. And so when you're laying there, if you hear the voice again, just say this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to his bed and For the fourth time, he heard the voice call his name. Only this time, he realized it was the voice of God. And here's what Samuel said. Speak, 
Your servant is listening. And God gave Samuel, his, this young man, probably 12 years old or thereabouts, God gave him his first prophetic message. And oddly enough, it was a prophetic message for Eli the priest. Now, why didn't God speak directly to Eli? Why didn't God give the message to Eli the priest? You'll see in just a moment. But one of the reasons we like that story is because we can probably identify with it. You see, Samuel's experienced the call of God on his life, and it was the kind of call that was kind of familiar to us. I doubt that many of us or any of us have had a burning bush experience like Moses did. I doubt that any of us have been in the temple and saw a vision like Isaiah did. But hearing God speak to us when we're young is something probably a lot of us can identify with. And trying to figure out, struggling to recognize the voice of God is something that even more of us can identify with. So here's the lesson I want to help you understand. This is the one thing I want you to learn today as we conclude the lesson, not the message, but that story. As I conclude that story, here's the lesson I want you to learn today. It's simply this. Hearing from God is tied to our willingness to listen to God and obey Him. Now, I want you to say it back to me, so I'm going to say it to you one more time. Hearing from God is tied to our willingness to listen to God and obey Him. Say that out loud with me. Hearing from God is tied to our willingness to listen to God and obey Him. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to take home with you. Hearing from God is tied to our willingness to listen to God and to obey Him. Now, let's read this story. Pick up your Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Chapter 3 begins with an interesting statement in verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And here's the interesting statement. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The statement is made as a backdrop to the whole story about the voice of God at coming to Samuel. Young Samuel lived in a time where God rarely spoke. He lived in a time when God rarely spoke to the Israelites through the prophets. And here's the reason. That if you read it in the context of, of the whole uh, story in, in the book of 1 Samuel, God's leaders, not just God's people, but listen to this, God's leaders were corrupt. And even Eli the priest was not the man of God he ought to be. And so God was not speaking in those days to His people. God's people weren't obeying His law, so why should He speak to them? They, they weren't doing what He told them to do, so why should He share anything new with them? So in those days, it says in verse 1, in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. But God was about to change that situation and speak His precious word to a young boy who would listen and obey. Verse 2. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, 
I did not call. Go back and lie down. Then verse 7 is a very interesting verse. I want to make sure that you see verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, even though he had served the Lord in the temple almost all of his life. He had spent probably at least eight years of his young life in the tabernacle serving the Lord. And yet Samuel, the Bible says, did not yet know the Lord. I want to tell you something, folks. Knowing about God is not the same as having a personal relationship with God. You can work in the church and still not know this God you're serving. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Verse 8, pick up the story. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now there's, there's something I want to make sure you see in that verse, verse uh, 8, or verse 9. Speak, what's the next word? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10. The Lord came and stood there calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Now this time God doesn't just say Samuel once, but He says Samuel twice. And if you read in the Old Testament especially, you'll see that whenever God repeated a name like that, it was a sign that He was about to tell you something very, very important. And it was usually something that He said to somebody that He was about to use in a very strategic way. Moses, Moses. It's as if God said, I want to get your attention because what I'm about to tell you is really, really important. And I've got some very special plans for you. So He says to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Do you notice anything missing? Exactly. He did not say, Speak, Lord. He said, Speak, for your servant is listening. It's as if this young boy said, I can't call him that yet. So he said, speak, your servant is listening. And that one sentence, that one short prayer that's only six words, changed the course of Samuel's life. That one sentence prayer was the starting point for Samuel as he learned to recognize and respond to the voice of God. And by the end of chapter 3, Samuel has emerged as a nationally known prophet. In chapter 3, skipped all the way down to verse 19, uh, the Bible fast-forwards through his life. And, and as, he, as the Bible fast-forwards through his life, we have this summary statement in verse 19 and 20. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, notice this, all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, that's a common reference that means from the farther city in the north to the farther city in the south, from Dan to Beersheba, from the top of Israel to the bottom of Israel, the entire nation of Israel recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. 
Samuel was, had a national reputation. He grew up to be a man that everybody recognized as a prophet of God. And he was God's spokesman. It says in verse 21, The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there He revealed Himself to Samuel through His Word. And let me just fast forward a little bit further. It was him, it was Samuel, who later would anoint the first king of Israel, Saul. It was Samuel who would later anoint the next king of Israel, David. Samuel, nationally known prophet. Samuel, the prophet and spokesman to kings. Samuel got his start with this prayer. Speak, your servant is listening. wonder what would happen in your life if you dared to pray those six words and you really meant it. I wonder how your life could change. I wonder how it would affect the course and the direction of your life if you would dare to simply say, dare to simply pray those six words and really deep down mean it. Speak. Your servant is listening. What I want to do is break down that short prayer. And I want to do it in a little different way. I want to start at the end and work our way backwards. Alright, start at the end of those six words, the end of that short prayer, and work our way backwards. What is the last word in that prayer? Listening. Your servant is listening. You know, one of the most common reasons why we don't hear from God is perhaps the most obvious. We're not listening. We keep talking and asking God for things, and we want to hear Him speak, but we're not listening. Sometimes, hear me now, Sometimes you have to pray without words. There has to, you have to carve out a place in your quiet time where you are listening to God. Where you are praying without words. Now see if this sounds kind of like your quiet time. Let me tell you a little bit about my quiet time, alright? This is Pastor Keith quiet, quiet time sometimes. Trying to get better, but I'm just trying to be honest. Here's the way my, my quiet time goes sometimes. I take my Bible. I'm reading God's Word, I'm reading, and all of a sudden this thing goes, and just out of reflex, I pick it up and I got a text message, and I'm thinking, oh, I need I need to check, Let me, let me who is that, what, what did they say? And then sometimes God says, now, who in the world could be talking to you that's more important than I am? What could they be saying to you that's more important than what I'm trying to say to you? And so I get real convicted, and I... Slide it way over there on the end of the desk. And then I start reading my Bible again. And, and, and then as I'm reading, all of a sudden I remember, I was supposed to get an email this morning. There's an email I need to respond to. So I get, and I, let me get that email. God, just a minute. I, this is really important. I, I get this, I get this email. I'm going to take care of this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, okay. And then I, slide it even further across the table, the desk, and I get back to my Bible, and, I, and I'm reading, and I get through that whole chapter, and I go to the second chapter, and I'm starting to get into it. All of a sudden, that phone over there rings. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that could be Jonathan, that could be Kelly, that could be Lauren, that could be Lisa. They might need me. So, I'll be right back. I get the phone, and I look at it. No, it's not them, but I got voicemail. Oh, it's, it's him. Well, I wonder what he wants. I better take that and... And I, hey, how you doing? And, and I do all of that. I finally put it down. 
And I get back to the Bible, and I read the passages, I get my three chapters in, I'm reading my three chapters, then I close my Bible, and then I start praying. Dear God, I need this, and I want this, and I, I, I need your direction here, and I talk to God, I tell Him everything I want, I tell Him everything I need, I tell Him everything I'm going to do, I tell Him every place I need His help, I tell Him all the problems of God, and all the problems everybody, everybody else has, and I go through my prayer list, and I say, Amen. Then I walk around, and I think, I wonder why I haven't heard from God. I haven't had a chance to hear His voice. And sometimes, if my guess is right, that's kind of your experience too. Speak. Your servant is listening. I know it's an obvious thing, but one of the reasons we don't hear the voice of God more than we do is because we don't listen for the voice of God. Isaiah 55.3 tells us to incline our ears toward Him. Ecclesiastes 5 says, draw near to listen to Him. You see, we can't allow what we're saying to keep us from listening to what He wants to say. Until we intentionally discipline ourselves to be still and to listen, most of what He is saying will go unsaid. Backing up that prayer, starting with the last word, listen. And then the next phrase I want to look at is that phrase, your servant. Samuel was saying to God, if you will speak to me, I will do what you say. That that phrase, your servant, is very significant. See, he had been serving already as a servant of Eli. He had been serving in, in, the, in the tabernacle. He knows what a servant is. A servant is somebody who obeys what... That other person who's over you says that he obeyed whatever Eli told him to do. He understands the concept of a servant. He's at the tabernacle because he is a tabernacle servant. And so when God speaks and calls his voice, he says, speak, your servant is listening. It was his way of saying, I will do what you tell me to do if you'll simply tell me what it is. I will be obedient to what you say. You see, when you find yourself in a state of confusion about the will of God, and you, and you find yourself wrestling, trying to understand what God wants you to do, you need to ask yourself this question. Am I really willing to do what God says? Am I really willing to do what God says? I'm, I mean, underline it, honest engine, am I really willing to do what God says? Until you can answer that prayer with an absolute yes, you're likely going to have a hard time ever hearing from God. Until there is an absolute yes in your spirit, so many times it's like, well, I hope so, I think so, maybe so, let's hear what it is first. Right? Am I really willing to listen? And not only to listen, am I really willing to listen and do what God says. I want to ask you a very practical question. Why should God ever tell you what He wants you to do if you're not going to do it? So when you pray, there needs to be a yes in your heart. There needs to be a yes to the Lord. God, I just want you to know, if you will show me what you want, I am your servant. I will do what you want me to do. So just agree in advance. God, I'm going to comply with what you say. 
speak, your servant is listening. So then we, we back up again. One more word. And it, this prayer begins with what word? What's the very first word of the prayer? Speak. That word is an invitation. You're, he was inviting God to share with him. He was inviting God into his life. And when you will speak to the Lord, you are in essence saying, God, I invite you into this situation. I invite you to help me. I invite you to respond. Uh, your invitation to God can is very important because it can guide you to make right, right choices in life. When you invite God, it can encourage you when you're down. When, when you are inviting God to enter your world and your life, it can strengthen you when you're weak emotionally or physically or spiritually. We receive God's best when we're inviting Him into our situation because we're, we're then probably going to follow His direction and follow His leading. Uh, when we invite God into our lives, He can speak into our struggles and our doubts and give us assurance. When we're inviting God into our lives, we can experience His perfect plan for our lives. And so that's what Samuel was doing. Samuel said, speak. It was an invitation to God. I don't, I don't want you just to be up there in heaven. I need you to speak to me. And those six words of Samuel form a powerful prayer. Speak, your servant is listening. So here's my challenge to you today. If you want to hear the voice of God, then start by praying Samuel's prayer over the next six days. I'm not going to ask you to pray it all your life. You, you can't do it that long. I'm, I'm just asking, can you try to do it for six days? Between now and next Sunday, when we get back to talking about the voice of God, between now and the next message, could you spend the next six days and carve out a little bit of your time where you take this thing or your iPad or your computer and you make sure it's not in the room with you or it's turned off and you're alone, you're by yourself, it's you and God and your Bible. And would you dare to pray this prayer every day over the next six days? Speak, your servant. It's listening. Let's take that prayer forward now. Speak. God, I need Your perspective on my life. Speak. Your servant. Lord, I'm starting out with a yes. If You'll show me what You want me to do, I will obey. There is a yes in my heart today. So I'm inviting You to speak. Because Your servant... It's listening. I'm carving out this time. I'm not going to worry about the internet or my appointments or anything else. I'm going to carve out this time. I'm going to be still and give you my attention. Speak. Your servant is listening. Is that going to solve all of your problems? Probably not. But it's going to be an awful good place to start. Awful good place to start is when you can pray those six words and mean it from your heart. Speak. Your servant is listening. You see, before God ever speaks to you, if you're going to hear His voice, there has to be a time where you're listening with the Spirit that says, I will obey. And I promise you, 
If you'll start praying that prayer and mean it, I promise you, you might one day say, I think I heard from God today. I think I heard the voice of God. Not an audible voice, but I heard the voice of God once again. Let's pray about that. God, I'm so grateful for Your Word and it gives us the instructions that we need. And so often, Father, we are so prone to talk to You and tell You everything that we need and tell You everything about our day and tell You about all of our plans and all of our friends and our family who need You and all the people and the missionaries and they need all the... And we go down our list and we go down our list and we finally say Amen. But so often we don't pause and listen to what you want to say. And I know that's hard for us, God. I know it's hard for me. I don't like the silence. It's hard to sit in silence. But I pray for each of us that you'll help us over the next six days just to say those six words and mean it. Speak. Your servant. Is listening. May there be a yes in our heart, a willingness to obey, and may we hear your voice again. I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.